2: Welcome to the post-two-game-winning-streak edition of Sharing Socks. I'm Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent Will. You will notice that Will, if you have video, is wearing a t-shirt because he's in Los Angeles. I am wearing a hoodie <laughs> <laughs> because I am in Chicago, where apparently spring has been canceled for 2022. Cancel, called. We'll, we'll didn't see any of last night's game. Uh, we live a mile from Wrigley Field, just, just a little over. The wind was literally howling. A lot of times you talk about howling wind, and it's not really howling. It was howling. The lake looked like North Atlantic in December in an old war movie about how they got to get the U-boats. It it was just horrendous, huge waves all over the place. And rain coming down like crazy, and they played baseball in that last night. And it's they've been playing baseball in in crap all through April and now into May.
1: All I'm going to say is you think it's just you guys, but, you know, if you go to a Dodgers game and it were to go 15 to 25 innings, you would need a light jacket by the end. So definitely not a Chicago-only problem. You should stop griping. We all have these problems. Uh, no, that is disgusting. I did not watch the game last night because I was at the Netflix comedy festival, but uh, I saw some highlights, and I just – I why do they have baseball in Chicago anymore? I think we should just be done with it, have the White Sox just set up shop somewhere really nice and warm and cozy. We can all just move there. Uh, and actually be able to sit outside and enjoy a game. I feel bad for the fans. I mean, that's, it's no fun. They've That's oh, a whole yeah, month. There, of the there aren't
2: many there, but what I, I was thinking, they've got to cancel this thing tonight or postpone this thing tonight, do a double header, move it off later. You know, they're both Chicago teams. They can find a day they're both here. Um, and looking at the weather and the forecast was worse. But then, as you know, we look out over Lake Shore Drive. And I saw the lineup to get off of northbound Lakeshore Drive at Belmont, and I went, "Ah, a leading economic indicator. <laughs> this is not going to be postponed." Even though there weren't many people um, there, they had sold thirty-four thousand plus tickets.
1: Well, so, they're they're at least going to pull the Rheinstorf, and they're going to get everybody uh, everybody in the building have them down a couple thirty-dollar old styles, and then cancel the game. Yeah. That that was a very possible thing. So,
2: but they did play, went well for the Sox. Uh, they continued the five-run rally from uh, Sunday, and uh, for one inning, picked up a couple runs with a little help from the Cubs team that's really not very good um, defensively. And although they're not as bad as the White Sox are defensively, but <laughs> uh, but at any rate, held on. The pitching. Or the Sox uh, again, great. I mean, that's their last three wins have been two shutouts and a one. Uh, the hitting is still pretty blah. Uh, uh, very blah. <laughs> very occasional. I mean, that very occasional breakouts. Otherwise, blah. Um, it, it's <laughs> it's well, it's not hard to fathom, But everybody, yes, runs are down all across Major League Baseball. The, the ball. Uh, apparently a little less tightly wound, which is true of some of the players as well, and also the humidor. It's kind of interesting. All teams have the humidor now, and that has an effect. And I was reading somewhere that the effect of going from last year's humidor teams keeping up, they're they're dropping offense. It's marginal, just very small. Just could be explained by weather. and But the drop-off from the teams who started the humidor this year, severe. So we're going to be kind of interesting. We, we ought to, at some point, get into uh, what we want to see in baseball. One thing we want to see, we wouldn't see tonight, but we got a little schedule screw-up. Uh, next week, we are going to have on with us an actual expert instead of just us, 538's Neil Payne was one of the folks who puts together their annual predictions that change by the minute I mean they this is one of the best statistical analysis operations in the world and uh, in all fields and they love baseball and we're going to have him go back they they do a great job of explaining they, they write articles about how we do what we do, et cetera. but I think it's much easier to understand if Neil explains it because when I read him I go, oh huh what <laughs>
1: So, and then I'm here to disagree with everything Neil says, no matter what. I so, don't even know what he'll say, but I'm ready to challenge it.
2: We were going to have Neil on uh, this week, but he is from Atlanta, I think. He went to Georgia Tech. He used to do analysis for the Atlanta Hawks. And Atlanta today beat the Mets badly, 9-2, to two, and he was at that game. He was going, oh, I don't know if I can get to a computer. My guess is he's got no voice left, but we we won't call him that. <laughs> but probably for a 9-2 Atlanta win, he's probably got a little excited today. So we're going to have him on next week. Next week, you will
1: have actual experts, but this week, he just stuck with us. We need to. So you mentioned the ball. You mentioned, uh, you know, the changes, the humidor, that kind of thing. That explains a lot of things happening throughout the league. But what that doesn't explain is how the White Sox have one guy with an on-base percentage over 300. I mean, our offensive woes are at the most basic, pathetic level right now. We don't have guys walking. We don't have guys getting singles. We don't have people getting on base. I mean, that is, that is you know, talk, you know we talk about money ball occasionally on, on this podcast and that is you know the foundation of Moneyball. put the team together the guys who get on base you get guys on base you're going to score runs the white socks don't put people on base at all jason and stoney do a lot of griping and
2: do socks following sites like ours about how we've got one of the highest percentages of hard hit balls in all of major league baseball incidentally so do the reds with what three wins um uh, the hard hit ball doesn't matter if you're pulling the outside pitch on a hard grounder to the shortstop for a double play. It just doesn't matter. The major league fielders are too good. You can hit it as hard as you want. They're going to catch it uh, most in, of the time. In
1: fact, uh, one would argue that it's actually worse to hit the ball really hard directly to the shortstop with a runner on first base. <laughs> That's true. It, 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 it is exactly to it. the worst option you can have. So, a hundred mile an hour ground ball to short with the runner on first base. Major league shortstops foaming at the mouth for something like that. That makes it so easy to do their job. Yeah, the ball's coming out hot, but there's nothing they can't handle at this point. And, and I, I get what they're saying. We hit the ball hard, we hit the ball hard. Eventually those balls have to start finding grass. They have to start get making their way over the fence. I don't know when eventually is. and. You know, while we're not necessarily striking out at rates that we've seen the White Sox strike out at in the past. That's much better. We are putting the ball in play, but we are so far and away the worst team at taking walks in baseball. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, numbers that we are, we are at half the walks of the team that's the best at it. And I realize we're still early in the season, but we're 20-something games in here. To be half of anything of a team that's doing well is bonkers. I mean, we just absolutely have no play discipline. And while we are putting the ball in play and hitting it hard, it, a lot of them are, are ground balls that are going right to guys. You know, occasional hard lineouts, but it, it's not like we're seeing a lot of defensive um, mm-hmm. magic against the White Sox. They're just hitting it right to guys because of exactly the type of thing you're saying. They're taking an outside fastball and pulling it instead of going the other way, and also a lot of those numbers of hard hit balls are hitting hard hit are hitting the ball hard directly into the shift, directly into shifts, which shouldn't count as being a successful at <laughs> bat. I mean, the the, the, the yeah. team beat you. The yeah. other In fairness, you. So
2: there have been a number of, of uh, warning track shots as well, but you yeah. know everybody has warning track shots, especially. I mean, April's been miserable here. It's cold. Uh, The ball is not as fired up as it has been the past few seasons. Maybe it's time not to aim for the fences at every time and, you know, perhaps get that line drive. Who's doing the best? Tim. What does Tim do? Oh, here's the first pitch of the game. I think I will line it to right field for a single. Maybe it goes for a homer if I'm lucky.
1: Nobody else seems,
2: seems to gather that.
1: I I'm at a loss for how the rest of the White Sox don't follow his lead on stuff like that. And, and I guess it's because they can't do it, because I don't know why you wouldn't do it if you could do it. But he is better than anyone in all of baseball at this point of taking the ball the other way. I mean, historically, Miguel Cabrera is up there. But Tim Anderson right now is the best opposite field hitter in all of baseball. And I, first off, I say this all the time on this podcast, I don't know why anyone throws the ball anywhere near home plate on the first pitch to Tim Anderson. I
2: also <laughs> don't know why they shift.
1: Right. Yeah. Makes no sense. All he does is beat it. And so why shift? Why bother? But uh, Tim is, is just, you know, he feels like he's getting into rhythm still, which is scary for, for opposing pitchers as well. As I don't even feel like Tim has fully hit his stride yet this year. But he's doing exactly what he should be doing and what everyone else should be doing with this deader ball. uh, you got to be manufacturing runs. That's what this whole thing's about. The whole reason you make a ball different is to counteract that three true outcome thing. Well, that is happening. We have another outcome now, which is just really hard contact straight to guys. And the home run outcome has sort of come down quite a bit. The walk outcome for the White Sox is non-existent. Uh, and strikeouts are, are, are fewer as well. So to that extent, it is working. But I, I don't know. I, I still think that there are other things that need to be done. I, I'm a firm believer in this pitch clock that needs to happen. I was speaking to you before the podcast saying that I watched a college pitcher throw 105.5 in a game yesterday. Uh, also I saw the clip of Cattell Marte striking out on a 103 mile an hour fastball that looked like he started finish swinging before the ball even got out of the pitcher's (laughs) hand, because that's how much you have to anticipate that. I don't know if it's working. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I do think we need that pitch clock as soon as possible. It is excruciating to watch these pitchers take their four days of rest in between pitches now. It just is absolutely killer to the game. Um, And it needs to do that to balance out for the dead ball. Put the two together and we're
2: back to baseball again. Be fun. People running around bases, balls flying all over the place.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, And, you know, no one ever said to pitchers, hey, you get as much time as you want in between every pitch. That's just never been part of the game. It, the game is you pitch the ball, you get the ball back, you pitch the ball again. And now it's pitch the ball, walk around the mound, breathe 30 times. First off, also, why are you guys all out of breath after one pitch? It, we know the White Sox don't condition based on injuries, but our, our pitchers look gassed after one throw. And I, and I realized that, yes, you put a ton of energy into each pitch in major league baseball but these guys look wiped after the first pitch. I I just, I, I don't know what's going on with with that kind of thing. But yeah, we, there is still work to be done 100% in getting this game up to speed and getting it exciting again. I would think with this dead ball, we would start seeing a lot more doubles, a lot more base runners, and eventually more runs. But so far, that is not the case. Runs are down 0.26 from the same frame last year. Uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but is actually a lot. Yeah,
2: it's it's it, it's it's very noticeable, and of course, it's mostly noticeable with the White Sox's offenses down near the bottom of uh, the majors, despite having a few wins in here. The wins came from from the pitchers, including of course, Cy Velasquez. Um, Cy Velasquez. Well, uh, let's
1: uh, let's take a uh, quick well, break I, right now.
2: Here. I, I claim credit here because sometimes we say really good things about people and it screws them up for the next month. I really insulted Velasquez. I I covered that game. And so in my pregame, I kind of insulted him. I didn't go, he's a bum or anything, but I said things that would indicate that perhaps I did not have full faith in him. Look what happened. So from now on, anytime I'm doing a game, our pitcher is going to be lucky to get through three. I mean, (laughs) it's the way I'm writing it out.
1: Um. Let's take a break and then let's come back and talk about uh, Velasquez and, and our pitchers and what's going on. And I also want to talk about uh, a simulation I'm running on MLB The Show on Nintendo Switch uh, that ties directly. I into, uh, that For ties sure. di- Oh yes, that uh, ties directly into Vince Velasquez and his uh, surprising success. Uh, but yes, stay with us. We will be right back.
0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. As the geezer mentioned before, we have a a pleasant surprise in the new Cy Velasquez. Uh, So first off, what I want to say about Vince Velasquez is, I actually defended Vince Velasquez early on and then he came out and made me look like an idiot. So then I started to hate on Vince Velasquez and now he's the the best pitcher in the game for some reason uh so i agree with you he should be he should be thanking us but uh let's before i start to talk about my fake baseball um we got giolito back thoughts on giolito
2: he's been fine he hasn't been totally lights up but he's been fine he's pitching we're recording this wednesday afternoon he's pitching at wrigley tonight uh and the cubs I mean they can't hit a lake. I should no don't don't say that, God. Oh no.
1: Oh no. The
2: Cubs are a fine, wonderful, hard hitting baseball team, so it will be a challenge for him. How's that?
1: Uh I'm the actor, so we'll just uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Uh yeah, hopefully Giolito cruises through the Cubs tonight. I mean this is a game of if we should get a sign of what Giolito is going to throw like this year, this should be up there. I mean, this is a team that he should absolutely roll over. Um, And we'll see if he does. Dylan Cease, who I know must listen to the podcast because his career just gets better the more and more that I amp him on here. Uh, So Dylan, thank you for listening being an avid supporter of Sharing socks. Dylan Cease, come on. He looked... That was the best game of his career.
2: Best game of his career. Easily. Easily. I mean, he just mowed him down. And I thought there was, you know, normally he pitches very badly against good teams. And while uh, the Angels since then have not hit at all, they didn't hit at all Tuesday night either. They got shut out again. Um, They are a good team. And they're they're a a good hitting team. And he was facing, I guess, not quite the whole lineup, but a pretty fair amount of it um, and looked really good. So he wasn't snowed facing a good hitting team. And the other thing was he had the inning start where he hadn't led any base or is he a guy on a toe? That's the kind of thing that has always, always just sent him off. All of a sudden uh, you point to the way his, his toe starts pointing way up in the air and to the left and, uh, He's falling off the mound to the left. His landing foot is all wrong. Uh, his pitches are going into the uh, left-handed batter's box. Didn't happen. He, he got fortunate in one thing. The next batter was there, Velasquez, who was just called up from the minors, guy who can't hit it all. So he was able to go to three balls on him and he still come back and, and get him. But he, right after that, he settled down. I mean, he, it, it did not upset him. In the past, that could have been three runs this time was three fly balls routine.
1: Yeah. I mean, Dylan is, uh, I, I can't remember what announcer it was, but it's, you know, watching, I think maybe Braves games as a kid on TBS. since We were forced to watch Braves games as a country for a while there. Uh, you know, people, the announcers would often talk about the difference between a thrower and a pitcher. And Dylan Cease has 100% transitioned from a thrower to a pitcher this year. He has been a very good thrower recently. Now he is a pitcher. And the big thing there is command. And he has been showing excellent command of multiple pitches this year. And then another key factor of that is when you get in these sticky situations, are you able to pitch your way out of them or are you just going to keep throwing the ball to home plate? And I agree with you. I think this last outing showed us, kind of for the first time, that he can pitch his way out of scenarios. And I was just thrilled with with how he threw against the Angels. And I still believe he is going to be the best starter on the Chicago White Sox by the end of the season. I know that we do not agree there.
2: That's that's if. No Femme Fatale sneaks in and shaves off his mustache. Like that, mustache
1: that mustache is awesome. I, I think we all just need to say that is the best mustache in the game right now. It's so old school. I love it. I often sport that mustache myself. In fact, I've had it on this podcast numerous times, which is another hint that Dylan watches because <laughs> I had it first. And then all of a sudden, here's Dylan with the mustache. I think I even said something about his His full beard look not looking great. He went down to the mustache. That is one handsome devil now out there throwing the baseball. Uh, But I want to talk about uh, some fake baseball for a moment here. So I have been running a simulation of this season, uh, which has included injuries. I've gone up to uh, game 60. So I have Lance Lynn back uh, in the fake season that I am running. I am going to give you some numbers. Her starting pitchers. And I want you to tell me who is who. Our first starting pitcher, 8 and 1, 3.12 ERA. Second starting pitcher, 9 and 0, 2.85. Third starting pitcher, 0 and 2, 6.5. Who are our three pitchers? These are all
2: starters. Uh, The 0 and 2, since we've discussed uh, cease, the 0 and 2, 6, whatever, must be cease. Okay. And then the 9 and 0? The 9 and 0, it's Dallas Keichel, it's got to be.
1: And the 8 and 1?
2: Uh, Do you still have Vince Velasquez pitching? You tell me. Vince Velasquez.
1: That is right. That is right. You missed, <laughs> You did miss our zero and two. That's going to be Lance Lynn because he's oh. only been back for two games. Oh right. Yeah. I should. I should have figured that out. Yeah. There are some context clues, but you're you're not a Nintendo Switch guy. You're a Super Nintendo N sixty four guy at heart, which I don't think you've ever touched a controller for any of these systems. Um. So I played Pong uh, once. <laughs> obviously, I'm very shocked. Uh, to see that Vince Velasquez and Dallas Keuchel are combined 17 and one. Uh, I have no explanation for this whatsoever. Is this a sign of things to come? What's your opinion? Um,
2: What is the usual correlation (laughs) between the game and reality?
1: Well, when I'm playing the game, there's usually no correlation because then and Mankata will have 89 home runs and 195 RBIs because I know how to play with Mankata. Uh, This, I would say, I I do a simulation every year just for fun on a video game for the White Sox. This seems the farthest from reality that I've ever had. The team is 49-11. and That is not, incidentally, what
2: 538 has them as, I I checked, (laughs) since we were going to have Neil on.
1: What does 538 have them as? I know, obviously, they have
2: them 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 right now. Before the season, they had them at 90-some wins, and heavily the favorites to win the AL Central, which, of course, who wouldn't be? Um, And now, it is as of right now, they have them at 85 wins. Wow. The season, Their number of their values and we'll let Neil get into how they establish values of teams, but it's, it's way down. I think it's 11 down from the, from the start. They have them losing to the twins who go 89 and 73, just a 31% chance. And of course they'll do all odds. They don't go, this is who's going to win. They do this. These are the percentages. Right. Right. Uh, so they're saying 31% chance of winning the division at 51% chance of making the playoffs. My own guess is that unless you win this division, you're not making the playoffs, no matter who you are. But um, they're being generous. And, of course, that's simulating something like 20,000 repetitions of games. I mean, they run all kinds of computer models.
1: Well, I – I do think that they're, and we'll, we'll grill Neil on this next week. I do think they're being pretty warm on the Twins still with that prediction. Uh, the Twins are definitely better than they were last year so far, but I don't know that they're that good. The White Sox are, of course, drastically underperforming. Uh, we have the worst on base percentage in that division of pretty bad teams so far, uh, which is not a good sign of us. Overcoming, and we wins. haven't even faced any of the National League West yet, which is our interleague
2: cool. matchup. That's a lot tougher than watching uh, uh, matching up with the National League Central. Uh, oh, one of yeah, one other thing. Uh, do I remember what it was when looking up? Uh, just trying to get background information on 538 to be ready for for uh, talking to Neil. Um, one of the things that they indicated was that uh, they of course don't know who's going to pitch ever. I mean, I, they don't say anything in there about injuries and so I'm kind of curious as to how they handle injuries. If somebody goes on the 60 day DL, I presume they pull them out
1: of the, the rankings for the team. Uh, you would have to. Yeah. I mean, if they get put on a 60 day, you have to account for that. You know, if, if Mike Trout's gone for 60 games. Your, your percentage has changed. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I presume that's the case. Yeah, I, I would think it's uh, uh, daily. Those, you know, those they are the king of the stats, and this is the king of stat sports. And I would think that there are just constant things in motion, adjusting those. What, oh, one of the other things I say is baseball is the hardest thing to predict not just in
2: sports and anything they do, politics, they, they do pop culture stuff. He um, says baseball, it can be so random. And we're not talking about the season so much as games, because they predict every game percentage as well, based on the values of the two teams, who's pitching, who's home and away, whatever. Um, but they say baseball is just the hardest. And, and they show statistics. They still do pretty well but not as well as
1: any other sport or
2: politics or
1: say pop culture, whatever it may be. Well, we have a rough road ahead of us uh, as White Sox fans with that NL West March, the White Sox currently have a worse record than every single team in the NL West, uh, which is shocking. Uh, even the, <laughs> D- the Arizona D- out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even the Diamondbacks have uh, have three more wins than the White Sox do at this point. I, you know, we got the Dodgers in June. Uh it it is not an easy road to bounce back up. We we would have really liked to have been in a better place at this point of the season. Uh, but this is where we find ourselves. So uh we will we will keep cheering and supporting. Uh that is about all the time we have for this week. Do you have anything else before we sign off today?
2: Well, I think well, I won't mention the team that they probably should be able to beat tonight. Um it happens to be close by. It was, it, was, it was the 538 thing. They gave up to 24 points for how much you have to travel. The home team gets a 24 point advantage when they're doing the matchup of individual games. And that's they gave that full 24 points, even though they say distance counts for the track all the way up from 35th Street to Wrigley, <laughs> the <laughs> nine mile track on the red line. <laughs>
1: Well, it's, you know, some days that is a tiresome adventure, so... <laughs> well, I, it is, but
2: if they if they stay away from rush hour, they should, they should be able to do it in half an hour or so, it should be okay. Uh, even before then, the National League West, it's, it's off to Boston, which does not have a good record, but that's but significant part yeah. because they play in the AL East, which is murder. And then a few days with uh, the Cleveland at home, which did not go well last time we played them, but Think would be, and then the Yankees, who I think last lost, what was it, last August? um,
1: Yeah, the Yankees are a force to be reckoned with right now, and uh, we do not we do not have the pieces to to stop that force. Um, Let's just hope people stay healthy, get healthy. Uh, Otherwise, it could be very ugly going into the halfway point of the season, which would not be where we want to be that said a lot of times teams that are sucky halfway through end up in the playoffs so this season is very 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 far from over
0: we got a long
1: way to go this is just the the very tip of the iceberg here and uh i'm still excited i still have hopes but friends are always asking me oh you think they're gonna go all the way and I've gone from a, an emphatic yes at the be- very beginning of the year to, uh, uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see the windows closing, so let's hope so. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's all we can do. Sit back, watch, and, uh, you know, they'll keep listening to us throughout the season and keep taking pointers from us, but that's all we can do as fans, and uh, that is all the time we have for today on Sharing Socks. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week as well with our very special guest uh, from Five Thirty It is going to be a very fun episode to listen to me and the geezer get outsmarted at every turn, uh, which normally nobody can outsmart us, uh, but that next week. We will have, uh, we will have someone who knows more than we do. So please tune in and thank you so much for listening to Sharing Socks.